Thanks for checking out the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. Are we really that close to a new child care deal in Ontario? Good news for fully vaccinated travelers in Canada. Ontario college students don't have to worry about a strike at their school. After two tumultuous years, the Around the Bay Road Race is back. Look out, Nelly. The Hamilton Bulldogs are number two. And grab some Z's because it's World Sleep Day. The GMH podcast starts now. This is the Good Morning Hamilton podcast on 900 CHML. Ontario's Premier and the Prime Minister have said the $10 a day childcare deal is close to getting done. So close. But is it? How close are we? Morna Ballantyne is the Executive Director of Child Care Now and joins us on Good Morning Hamilton. Good morning, Morna. How are you today? Good morning. I'm great. Thanks. So where do we stand? Are, are we really that close I think we must be pretty close. Yes, I think that um, both the federal government and the Ontario government want to achieve uh, an agreement by March 31st. Uh, And I think that Ontario, the Ontario government in particular wants that because if they don't reach an agreement by March 31st, then Ontario is going to be out of uh, just over $1 billion. So, yeah, I think that they're working hard to get an agreement. So the pressure is definitely on, that's safe to say. It is definitely on, very safe to say. Any sense on when a deal will be announced? March 31st isn't that long away. I I don't have any details of when the announcement will be made. I think an announcement is imminent. I, you know, I could be wrong, but I, I do think that Ontario needs the money, needs the federal money, uh, to do a lot of work on making early learning and childcare more available and more affordable uh, to families. And, and also, the Ontario government needs the money to be able to address the very poor working conditions and low pay of early childhood educators. A lot of them are leaving the field and uh, they have to be retained in order for there to be more high-quality childcare available to more families. Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML, Morna Ballantyne, Executive Director of Child Care Now. We're talking about what we think is an impending deal for $10 a day child care in this province. Once a deal is reached, let's say it's reached before that March 31st deadline, uh, or at least target date, is it really going to be $10 a day for parents? Not immediately, no. The federal government uh, has set goals uh, in each of its agreements with each jurisdiction. The goal is for uh, fees to be brought down, and this is for regulated childcare, both home-based and center-based, bring it down to $10 a day by 2526. So, you know, four years from now. Uh, The immediate goal, though, and this was supposed to be achieved and will be achieved by every other jurisdiction that has signed an agreement, is to bring down the fees by 50% by the end of 2022. So Ontario will have to move quickly uh, to meet that target. And I'm absolutely sure that target will will be there. It will probably mean that uh, Ontario will have to find a way to bring down fees retroactively to families who have used uh, are you know in regulated licensed childcare now, and then we'll have to find a way to bring down the fees further uh, from from now on. You also referenced working conditions, pay for workers in the field. Is that going to change with this deal? We certainly hope so. Um, you know, the, a very key part of the federal government's uh, 
target of its plan, it's called, that's called the Canada-wide Early Learning and Child Care Plan, is to expand the number of licensed spaces across the country so that it is available in every community to every family that, that needs it. To be able to expand the system, we're going to need a lot more qualified early childhood educators, and we're not going to be able to get more early childhood educators unless the working conditions are improved, and particularly the compensation. So that has to be part of the agreement if we're going to see expansion. We'll remind our listeners that Ontario is the only province yet to sign on to this deal. Every other province and territory has put a pen to paper, so to speak. In saying that, have you heard any feedback from parents or daycare providers in those other provinces that have signed this deal? Well, the parents who have received fee reductions, and there are many, many parents who have as a result of the federal plan, are, of course, ecstatic. It's made a huge difference to them to even see their fees cut by half. And in some jurisdictions, the provinces have and territories have gone further than that and, and reached targets, just about the $10 a day target already. So it's, it's enormous, the difference that that makes when you, it makes a difference for those who are paying uh, the fees now, and it makes a difference for those who have not be accessed licensed childcare because the fees are just so high, access was prohibitive. So it, it's been great. And for those who work in the sector, the biggest concern uh, is that they want to make sure that while the fees are coming down, their working conditions are also improved. And of course, that takes lo- a little longer. It's faster to just cut fees, parent fees, than it is to build the kind of system that we need. That's going to take longer. And of course, the other is that expansion takes longer. You have to find new facilities, you have to get find existing facilities who can expand their spaces. And um, so that we're going to see, I think, a lot more movement in the year to come. Well, fingers crossed that it gets done before March 31st. Morna, appreciate the time today. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Morna Ballantyne is the Executive Director of Child Care Now as we continue to wait for uh, what we're being told is an oh-so-close $10 a day child care deal in Ontario. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Canada scrapping its pre-arrival COVID-19 testing requirement for fully vaccinated travelers. And that will all begin on April the 1st. No, it's not an April Fool's Day. It is actually happening. Happening. Kaylee Elaine is an editor, journalist and media consultant and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Kaylee, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. This is fantastic news for fully vaccinated travelers. This is. I think it just makes travel feel a little bit more attainable, affordable, safer. You know, we still have to do our own health screening when it comes to feeling well before we embark on on a vacation or our next trip. But it just makes it seem like, you know, things are going back into the right direction. (laughs) Finally, Uh, this move obviously comes a little too late for that spring break vacation crush. Um, But I I would imagine that the tourism industry can still capitalize on spring travelers, certainly summer travelers. Are we expecting a mad rush to travel agencies or those travel websites? We are, especially when it comes to spring travel. There is a huge push for, you know, people visiting family members, going away in those warmer months. Um, The destinations kind of shift, so you're not seeing people go into those typical kind of hot or sun destinations, but they're maybe traveling to other parts of Canada or now with the 
um, the change in the kind of the rules and regulations, you know, potentially going cross border and going to the U.S. and further destinations. So with an expected rush, are we expecting prices to go up? You know, you might be seeing prices to go up. You know, I'm typically someone pre-pandemic who really enjoyed off-season travel and off-season travel tends to be in those shoulder months so instead of going away in July and August I would embark on a vacation in maybe like May or June you're probably looking at that off-season being a little bit earlier and earlier um, as more and more people travel Um, so you will see uh, because of the higher demand potentially rising costs in hotel and maybe your um, transport fees But, you know, there's always ways to be savvy and use really good tools to get deals or, you know, redeem points to cash in and make the most of your vacation. We're talking travel with uh, editor, journalist, media consultant Kaylee Aline here on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. One of the, I, I think, the biggest things that the travel industry will try to try to convince people of is that cruises are safe. Uh, Can we be confident in that? You know what, I think no matter what you do travel-wise, cruise or, you know, embarking on the land, nothing is 100% safe. Um, so I think it really is assessing your comfort levels and your, you know, your risk tolerance, I suppose, in your next vacation and also your own, you know, health. You know, if you're young and healthy, you might have a higher risk tolerance than maybe a retiree who's going on a vacation. You know, when you're looking at cruises, there are a few things you can kind of consider. Potentially it's how many passengers are there on board? What are their health and safety protocols? How often are you on the boat? Where are you docking? Because that's also potentially points for, you know, picking something up in the in the host destinations or, you know, more cross-contamination with, with other passengers, other boats, other things. So I think you just kind of have to assess, you know, like what is that route you're going on? What does that look like from a, a safety perspective? And then, you know, you know, is it a cruise you want to embark on? Kaylee Aline is our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. She is an editor, journalist, and media consultant. We're talking about Canada's pre-arrival COVID-19 testing requirement. It's going to be uh, scrapped starting April 1st for fully vaccinated travelers. Um, Tips or maybe some reminders for travelers starting April 1st, because many of us haven't traveled in a while. What should we be taking note of? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing to remember is to download the Arrive Can app. That's the app managed by the Government of Canada, and it's kind of your uh, pre-arrival form when you're traveling internationally. And for most of us travelers pre-pandemic, we're used to lining up at the kiosk and airport, filling it out, you know, maybe that adding a little bit of the time upon arrival. But now you actually have to fill out the documentation pre-boarding your flight. So having that on your phone and having an updated version on your phone is really, really important. This is also a great tool where you can upload your vaccine passport and all of your health details there too. Um, And it just makes that journey a little bit more seamless. Um, And it's an added step for your step for your safety and but for, you know, that government policy. With what is happening in Ukraine now, is Europe going to be a tough sell for many travel agencies and travel agents? You know, I think it depends on kind of what happens 
with um, going on in the situation there, it's absolutely devastating. And I think that the, you know, the, the, the tough thing with the travel and tourism industry, whether it's, you know, dealing with Europe right now or other um, countries that have faced kind of instability and war and hardship is that um, the tourism dollars in the wider Europe really help support their economies, which can help support, you know, multiple things. But it also is that health and safety that if we're dealing with, you know, a migrant crisis right now and a completely devastating situation, you know, we need to make sure that the surrounding countries are able to support them versus kind of, you know, have that influx of tourism. So I think it is really going to be, you know, watch the news, watch what's happening, you know, the situation's changing and evolving rapidly. Um, and it's a, it's a very kind of, I guess, hard decision to make personally. I don't have European travel plans this summer just because, you know, I know the best way I can support a country like Ukraine is from here where I can offer monetary donations. I can offer, you know, that support to the European nations that are kind of, you know, stepping up in that regard. Um, but for me to have my self abroad is not, you know, a decision I want to do right now. We have about uh, 30 seconds for those who are thinking about traveling internationally. What is the hottest spot or one of the hot spots that uh, they'll probably take note of? You know what? I think it's going to get back to the U.S. Canada has an amazing relationship when it comes to cross-border travel, um, whether that's, you know, heading to upstate New York from where we are right here or, you know, going a little bit further and going to California or Arizona or, you know, a really fun state like those. So I think we're going to see a huge surge in destinations and people just, you know, getting back to going to those hot destinations in the U.S. that we miss and, you know, maybe getting our Target shopping this summer. <laughs> and we also get to help about uh, the airline industry that uh, is well, and of course, the travel and tourism industry that has been devastated by uh, COVID-19. Kaylee, always appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Kaylee Aline, editor, journalist, media consultants, talking to us about uh, travel restrictions, at least another round being eased as of April 1st. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Great news. As college students woke up this morning, a threatened strike at colleges across the province has been averted. The colleges and the union representing faculty say they have agreed to enter binding interest arbitration and the strike that was scheduled to begin this morning at 12.01 has been called off. Ashik Ashik is the president of the Mohawk Student Association and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Ashik, good morning. How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm good. Great news this morning. Oh, yeah, I couldn't be more happy than this morning. So yesterday I went to bed really happy and, you know, uh, been working for this for a long time. So I am happy. <laughs> I'm sure that a lot of students felt like they were caught in no man's land over the last couple of uh, days and weeks thinking, geez, if, if, if there is a strike, uh, we're going to be hurting. Oh, yeah, for real, uh, because, you know, on top of a pandemic and on top of war, or on top of war, which is going right now, that would be the, you know, last thing the students want to hear. But, you know, they are happy today. They, we've got messages and everyone's happy. So can't be more happy. <laughs> <laughs> Faculty and students uh, were planning to hold a rally today at Mohawk College in the Fennel campus. Uh, I'm guessing that's been canceled now? Uh, they told that, you know, they're going to be a rally of celebration today. So whatever uh, was happening, whatever was going to happen. So the 
um, I think there would be a rally today as a part of celebration. So. Okay, that's good. So instead of uh, you know t- talking about issues and uh, um, all all the stuff that faculty and librarians and counselors were sweating about, it's going to be more of a party today than anything else. So that's good to hear. Uh, our yeah. guest is uh, Ashik Ashik, the president of the Mohawk Student Association, as a strike at Ontario colleges has been averted today. Um, we've had COVID the last couple of years. Uh, it seems like things are starting to, you know, get back to normal. Obviously, a lot of students stressing about uh, stressing out about a possible strike, uh, which again has been averted. How have you been feeling over the last little while with all this stuff that's been going on? So we've been getting a lot of messages from students that you know they were feeling nervous because of the COVID and. Even from the uh, last semester students, they were the uh, most group of students who were really nervous. So, you know, I'm, I'm so proud that uh, 20 colleges from Ontario came together and, you know, we, we drafted two letters and we uh, came together to, uh, you know, support students. So I'm really happy about that. Was there any sense if they did go on strike and how long it could be? Was there a lot of talk amongst the student population of, uh, geez, we might be out of school for a while? So, uh, to be frank, we had no idea because, you know, even when we talked to Opsi and CEC, they didn't give us any hint or they told that, you know, it was comparatively short, but they didn't tell us the exact uh, length of a strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, come Monday, we know that the mask mandate in Ontario is going to be dropped. Is, th- is that going to be the case at Mohawk as well? Um, so we are continuing with a little bit of restrictions just to be safe and, you know, uh, there'll be announcements soon. So I'm not commenting on that. Okay, uh, I'm guessing that the general consensus among students is that Mohawk has been a safe place to visit. I know there was, you know, remote learning for a while, but now that you're back on the campus, is, are things feeling okay? Uh, things are feeling great. The students are feeling supported. Uh, Mohawk has always been a safe place for the students. We had our uh, mandate requirements and, you know, uh, the students were really supportive. Great to hear. And spring arrives on Sunday, so that means you're a little closer to the end of the school year. That's going to feel pretty good, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And with the strike call off. Yeah, for sure. Ashik, appreciate the time today. Thanks for joining us. No worries. You have a great day. You too. That is Ashik Ashik, president of the Mohawk Students Association. As uh, you can hear, thrilled to hear that the um, pending strike is pending no more. There is no strike as uh, college faculty and the union representing uh, that faculty have agreed to enter binding interest arbitration. And uh, the strike was supposed to start at 12.01 a.m. this morning. It obviously has been called off. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Well, after it was postponed in 2020 because of the COVID-19 pandemic and held virtually last year, the Around the Bay Road race is coming back. Yes, indeed you do. The iconic race is going to be held on March the 27th and also back this year. It's a bit of good news, bad news. Good news for organizers, bad news for those who have to climb Heartbreak Hill because it's back on the course. Anna Lewis is the race director of the Around the Bay Road Race and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Good morning, Anna. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me here. Hey, thanks for coming on. I know it's not race day yet, but how are you feeling with the starter's gun about to go off in uh, just over a week's time? 
Well, we're, you know, after these last two years, we're nervous. Um, you know, we've been uh, hosting this race. Uh, it'll be the 128th anniversary. And it was, it was, it wasn't quite turnkey, but we, we kind of knew what we were doing. <laughs> um, but now it just seems uh, we're nervous because everything has kind of turned upside down. And we just hope that um, we're able to uh, remember all the things that we used to do. Uh, so easily. Has it been like riding a bike or have there been those, oh yeah, kind of moments? Um, You know what? There's a lot of things that are very um, stable. And so thankfully um, our our stakeholders, our partners, the city of Burlington, the city of Hamilton, um, MTO, the police services, EMS, they are all, you know, fixtures (laughs) so and they know what they're doing we have lots of um, plans that have been in place Uh, so those are easy to refer to Um, it's just the kind of ever-changing circumstances that are um, question marks all the time and and those are obviously COVID related right that's kind of what's keeping you up at night every one of them yes (laughs) that (laughs) definitely keeps me up at night and uh, you know even though we're so close uh, we were two weeks away from our March 2020 race. So I always have that in the back of my mind. Uh, yes, everything looks great, but it did in 2020, uh, in the beginning of March as well. We, we had no idea this was going to come and hit us in uh, 2020. So what should runners or um, those participating in the race this year be mindful of? What are some of the precautions or, or maybe even restrictions that are in place? Well, you know, certainly a lot of things have been lifted. So a lot of the ideas and plans, protocols that we were thinking of implementing are not going to be in place. But we did have to streamline the event because in uh, October, in the fall, when we were planning the race and looking like we were going to move forward, uh, we had to limit participation limits because we thought there might be waves and we would have to stretch out the the starting line process. Um, We didn't do that or we don't think we have to do that. So we didn't. Um, invite pace bunnies to be there. So you're going to have to be able to pace yourself this year. Um, Also, you know, there was some uh, issues with volunteer recruitment. Uh, We had uh, volunteer groups that came for 20 years in a row, um, and even more, some of them. But because of that, we have a different demographic, uh, you know, it was school groups, it was um, retired groups, and those groups are no longer... um, um, easily available and, you know, are hesitant to volunteer. So we're down to two water stations instead of eight. And so everyone should be mindful of that and incorporate a hydration strategy uh, for just two water stations. Anna Lewis is our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Anna is the race director of the Around the Bay Road Race. It returns on March 27th after being virtual a couple of years ago or uh, virtual last year and uh, postponed a couple of years ago. How did the virtual event go last year and and what were some of the lessons that you learned that uh, can be applied to this year's event or future events? Actually, it was surprisingly um, well received. Uh, we had probably 2,200 virtual participants. Um, and actually this year we're, we have over a thousand. And I think it was a good option for people who still wanted to be involved, who still wanted to be part of this historic race. Uh, we have a lot of people that have streaks. Um, someone is doing their 20th in a row and they asked if the virtual last year could be counted. And I said, absolutely. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of people who, um, use this race as a training run, but also um, it's part of their 
running calendar. And so they didn't want to miss it. So virtual was part of, of, of their calendar. And this year, it was a good option for people who are still perhaps not comfortable in an in-person event or who are far away but still want to be part of this historically. So virtual is actually a great option um, for those who can't join us uh, in person but want to be part of of this great um, historic race. Heartbreak Hill is back on the race course. Do you get the sense that most runners are happy about that? You know what? They are. Um, Although it is a very difficult part of the race, it's a signature part of the uh, element of the race. And um, I think, you know, it's synonymous with the Bay Race. So a lot of people really do um, think of the hill with the race. And when it's not there, it's, it, it is still hilly and it's still 30K, but there is something missing, I think. And uh, people really enjoy um, the challenge, but also the achievement that is 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 there when you conquer that hill. So um, it certainly is a love-hate relationship, but I think <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> Definitely. We got about 30 seconds. Uh, the expo this year, has it been postponed or is that continuing? So we did not have a full expo. Uh, so we have a packet pickup where... Um, Registrants are still invited to come and pick up their packet in person, and we have some sponsor booths there. So we have Telus and Kintech and uh, Exact Nutrition there, who will have some samples, and, and Hoka um, is going to give away some free shoe bags. So we do have some uh, elements and some vendors, but not a full expo. Well, nonetheless, the Around the Bay Road Race is always an exciting event, and the good news is it is back this year, March 27th. Anna, appreciate the time today. Good luck with the event. Thanks, Rick. That's Anna Lewis, race director of the Around the Bay Road Race. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Hamilton Bulldogs, they had a season-high 12-game winning streak. It came to an end on Tuesday. But besides that, they are the number two ranked team in the nation. Yeah, CHL rankings came out earlier this week, and uh, the Bulldogs are one place away from the top spot. Ray Duffy is the play-by-play announcer with the Hamilton Bulldogs and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Good morning, Reed. Good morning, Rick. How's things going? I, I'm good. I, I know that things uh, with the Bulldogs are fantastic, even though that, that 12-game winning streak came to an end uh, on Tuesday in Peterborough. Uh, i got to ask you, have you come down from the high of Monday night's outdoor showcase at Tim Hortons Field? No, no, not yet. And I, I think that's going to be uh, a long time before everybody on this team comes down from that high. But I know there's a, a whole lot of business to be taken care of now. And uh, we're, we're looking forward to a, a busy but a good uh, couple of weeks coming up here with the eight-game road trip. Interesting to note uh, for those who were not at the game, and that was, well, not many because there was over 12,000 at Tim Hortons Field on Monday, and it was a fantastic atmosphere and a game. Uh, they wouldn't have noticed you and your location on Monday nights. You, you were not in the press box. No, I certainly wasn't. I had the amazing opportunity to do it uh, right down at ice level like they did for the Heritage Classic on the Sunday. It was just to the left of the penalty boxes, and uh, it, it was something, Rick, that uh, I don't think he could ever duplicate. It, it, that opportunity to sit down there and call that game from that close in that atmosphere was just spectacular. The weather was perfect. The game was outstanding. The only thing was I almost ended up under that one table after the fireworks went off behind me. <laughs> Nobody told me that those were right behind my seat. And, and a much different vantage point than what you're usually used to. 
Oh, a hundred percent. And you know, I think sometimes I, the the spot that we have at First Ontario Center, I think, is the best announced position in the league because you get to see the play develop and you get to see everything. I mean, you don't miss a thing from up there. But at the same time, there are moments where I think you can lose the appreciation for how fast this game is played at this level. There was certainly no losing appreciation for it on Monday night. When you're sitting right down there, you realize these guys are big, they are fast, and they are supremely talented. You can tell why all these guys belong in the Ontario Hockey League. Yeah, no question. Reed Duffy is our guest, play-by-play announcer with the Hamilton Bulldogs. The uh, Bulldogs with a busy weekend. They're in Kingston tonight, and then they're in Ottawa on Saturday and Sunday afternoon. Before we get to that, uh, number two in the nation. How cool is that? It's really cool, and it's something that these guys have really earned, Rick. And every time they go out there, they are business and they are ready to go. And the way that they've played, the the, the depth that this team has, even through injuries or suspensions or anything that's come their way, they just keep on going. It's been so impressive to be around this group. It really does feel like being around a professional hockey team. All right, to the action this weekend. Uh, France tonight, you have the 67 Saturday, Sunday. Um, your thoughts on this 3-3? Three and three? You know, it's a big opportunity, Rick, especially tonight against the Kingston Frontenacs. It's a game that Kingston really needs because if the Bulldogs can come away with two points, it opens that lead back up to nine. It shrinks the magic number to clinch under 20, and you start to close the door on Kingston a little bit if you pick up two points tonight. If Kingston gets the win, it kind of opens that race back up. You'd be down to a five-point gap, although the Bulldogs would still retain a game in hand. And then Ottawa Saturday, Sunday, that's going to be tricky. Ottawa's waiting for us to arrive, and they're a good team. Don't don't let the standings position fool you. That's a deep team. They've gotten healthy. They've got a goaltender in Max Donoso that's kind of come out of nowhere and has played spectacular hockey. So it's not going to be an easy weekend, but on the bright side for the Bulldogs, it looks like McTavish, Steos, and Mishak will all be able to play this weekend, which would give us a massive leg up uh, to see almost the whole roster uh, back in the lineup. Also part of an eight-game road trip as uh, First Ontario Centre is occupied at the moment, but back at FOC on March the 31st against the Oshawa Generals. We'll be happy to see the dogs back home and cheering them on, hopefully all the way to the Memorial Cup. Reid, appreciate the time. Good luck this weekend. Rick, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. That's Reed Duffy, play-by-play announcer of the Hamilton Bulldogs. You can get your dogs tickets, hamiltonbulldogs.com, ticketmaster.ca. By the way, Good Morning Hamilton will be giving away more Bulldogs tickets next week, but you have to listen in order to win. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Did you get a good night's sleep last night? Well, whether you did or not, it is now more important than ever to get a few restful hours of shut-eye each and every night. It's easier said than done for many. And I tell you this, on World Sleep Day, and here to talk about it is Margaret Eaton, the national CEO with the Canadian Mental Health Association. Margaret, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Why is today World Sleep Day, and, and, and what is it? Are we all allowed to sleep in today? <laughs> I wish. Yeah. Uh, World Sleep Day is an annual event organized by the World Sleep Society, and they want to advance sleep health worldwide. And the theme for this year's uh, event is around sleep and mental health. And those two things uh, go hand in hand, because if we're not getting enough sleep, it is impacting our mental health and, when, and well-being. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, good quality sleep can help prevent mental health issues and can even help the brain to process emotions. But a lot of us really struggle with getting good sleep. About 50% of Canadians say that their sleep is not good, and about 10% of people experience insomnia. So we know it's very much related to mental health and mental well-being, um, and we need to really pay attention to sleep. My guess is the pandemic has greatly impacted our, our sleep and, and sleep patterns? You're absolutely right. We know that uh, during the pandemic, 50% of Canadians said that they were experiencing greater stress and that their mental health had worsened during the pandemic. And we expect that that will carry on, that we're now starting to see signs of chronic stress. And that absolutely is going to have an impact on our sleep. So uh, if you find that your sleep is consistently not giving you that feeling of refreshment that we're all looking for over time, it could be an indication of a mental health problem. Um, and we know that not getting good sleep will actually exacerbate mental health issues, including things like anxiety, depression, and addiction. So it's really important to pay attention. Today is World Sleep Day. You're listening to Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. We're pleased to be joined by Margaret Eaton, the national CEO of the Canadian Mental Health Association. And uh, while you're not going uh, alone, Sleep Country is helping on this World Sleep Day. What's going on? Yeah, Sleep Country Canada is donating a portion of proceeds from all sales on World Sleep Day today to the Canadian Mental Health Association, so up to $100,000, which is just an extraordinary gift. We really want to thank them for their donation, and we really appreciate that they're shining a spotlight on the importance of quality sleep for mental health. What will that money be used for? Well, that goes towards our national office to help promote and support Uh, good mental health in all Canadians. So a lot of our work in the national office is to ensure that there is uh, support from the federal government, for example, for for good um, investment in mental health. And we've been talking about the importance of universal mental health care, which is something we don't have in Canada. Uh, And yet it is so important that that there be free access to mental health uh, supports for everyone. Interesting to note that World Sleep Day comes on the Friday after the spring forward time change, and that's on purpose, right? I believe it is because we're all very keenly aware of the fact that we lost an hour's sleep this week. And it can take up to a week for our bodies and our minds to catch up to that change in sleep. So I think it's a great time to really shine a spotlight on the importance of sleep. How can we improve our sleep habits? Yes, there are many good tips and tricks. One of the things is to maintain a consistent sleep schedule. So try to get to sleep at the same time every night and wake up at the same time every morning. Even on weekends, try to keep that same schedule. We also suggest that you turn off your devices at night and uh, remember that that blue light that's being emitted just is a message to your brain to keep staying up. It, It won't help calm you to get you into a good sleep mode. Um, We also think it's good to have a bedtime ritual. So use that last hour before sleep to wind down, uh, take a bath, relax, uh, listen to music, try to get into a calm state. And then finally, it's really important to feel your feelings. So a lot of times we push away bad feelings instead of actually taking them out and looking at them. And then that can make it hard to go to sleep or it may even wake you up in the middle of the night. Your brain wants to think about those difficult emotions. So it's a good idea to journal, to think about those feelings, to bring them out, take a look at them. Um, And then remind your brain that you're in charge. You know, it's okay. 
you're taking care of these worries and your brain and your body can just relax and get a good night's sleep. And that'll be great for your mental health. My guess is most people don't really either recognize or pay attention to maybe some warning signs if they're not getting enough sleep and it is impacting their mental health. You know, whether someone's waking up groggy or they just don't feel well after a nap, whatever the case is, are they all are, are there telltale warning signs that people should be wary of? Yes, you know, a lot of people end up sacrificing sleep because their lives are so busy. You know, it's um, it's easy to put off sleep, especially if you're working from home. Oftentimes people find that their work life bleeds into their sleeping time. Or if you have children or pets, um, all of these things can reduce your quality of sleep. So, um, you know, one of the things that World Sleep Day wants us to be aware of is our driving. Um, if you're feeling groggy, if you're tired, um, that can affect your driving skills and especially uh, in this week where we've lost an hour. So things like paying attention to, are you able to do those regular tasks that you normally do with ease? So things like finding yourself needing to uh, or ability to cope. And if you are finding that um, sleep is a consistent issue over time and you're not getting enough, that can actually, as I mentioned, cause mental illness problems or it could be a sign of mental ill health. As we know that 80% of people with mental illness actually have a sleep disturbance as part of that mental illness. So we encourage you to get these things checked out or to chat with uh, someone at a local CMHA. Um, you can go to our website at cmha.ca. We're in 330 regions across Canada, including Hamilton, and we'd be happy to chat with you. The slogan and theme of World Sleep Day today, quality sleep, sound mind, happy world. Uh, hopefully everyone can get to that uh, special place. Margaret, really appreciate the time today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday mornings from 530 to 9 on 900 CHML and online at 900CHML.com. The Good Morning Hamilton podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's free so you never miss an episode. And make sure you rate and review.